Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to lifeisbetterwithyouhere.org slash therapists slash for assistance finding a mental health provider. This episode is included in our mini-series titled Suicide Prevention. Our goal with this mini-series is to bring awareness to a wide array of groups within the Black community that we feel could be served better. With these episodes, we want to do what we can to foster open conversations that are inclusive and create a safer environment for us all. Subjects in this series may trigger some or contain topics not suitable for certain audiences. Please use your discretion. In today's episode, we focus on the LGBTQIA community. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better with You Here. My name is Dr. Shavana Childs, and we are very glad to have you. So today, our topic is going to be the LGBTQIA community. Um, we're going to be talking about just the community in general, some issues and challenges that they have, and how we can be allies and not bystanders. But you know, as I always like to do before we get started, we're going to do a guided meditation. So sit back, relax as I take us through this guided meditation. And this one is called Avalanche. Concentrate on your breathing. With each breath, feel your body expand and contract. As you let go of each breath, your mind begins to clear and your body lets go of its tension, allowing your thoughts and body to come to complete stillness. You are quiet, tranquil, and serene. Allow your eyes to close as you feel these sensations. As you experience feeling quiet and calm, a sense of purification begins to develop. Allow yourself to drift into a deeper state of relaxation, breathing deeply and allowing your imagination to roam until you find yourself walking in a winter forest. You are walking in a forest. Everything is blanketed by soft white snow from a recent snowfall. As you walk on the snowy path, you slowly emerge from the trees into a large open snowy field. In the far distance is a snow-covered mountain with a sheer cliff base. Suddenly, near the top of the mountain, a large section of snow slides off the cliff and falls, thundering down the slope until it eventually lands in a huge puff of white. In the aftermath of the avalanche, 
all is silent. Nothing stirs. The snowy field and mountain are completely quiet and calm. Allow yourself to enjoy the stillness. The stillness and the serenity and the purity is a pleasant feeling to experience and bring back with you. Focus on this feeling of serenity as you begin to become aware of your body and its present surroundings. As you consciously become aware of your breathing and my voice, allow yourself to gently open your eyes as I count to three, returning to the room with this sense of calm and refreshment. Awakening and returning now. One, two, three. Welcome back. I hope you are feeling a state of serenity. I hope you are feeling relaxed and I hope you are feeling calm. Today, we're going to be talking about the LGBTQIA community and we're going to talk about what those abbreviations stand for. So we know lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual. So a few things I want to go over, because while I know we know those things and we know what LGBTQ might mean, and maybe not the Q, but maybe some of us don't know what the IA means. So I want to go over just the queer, the intersex, and the asexual definitions because I, the more education we have about something, the better off we are. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to say the wrong thing. And we just kind of want to be in the know. It's always good to be educated. So when we talk about the word queer, for some of us, that may sound like a really bad thing. It may sound offensive. It's not offensive. It's an umbrella term that's used to describe gender, sexual, romantic orientations, or identities that fall outside of societal norms, okay? Um, and I got this off of an LBGTQIA website um, that we will post the link to um, that you can go see. Um, it's full of resources. It's full of education. They have a glossary there for all terms um, for this community, other communities, disabilities, a wonderful place. So they talk about, you know, historically queer, queer has been used as an epithet or a slur, which is why we think it's a negative thing um, against the LGBTQ plus community. And they've reclaimed the word and they've used it as a self-identity in opposition to anything negative. They've reclaimed it and used it for themselves for something positive so that they can identify it and it's a celebration of not fitting in to societal norms. They're saying we are who we want to be, that you don't get to define us. So that is queer. Um, intersex. When we talk about intersex, it also is an umbrella term used to describe a wide range of natural body variations that do not fit neatly into the conventional definitions of male and female. Um, long ago, we would have been using the term hermaphrodite, born with both female and male genitals. Hermaphrodite is an 
outdated term. We don't use that term anymore. Um, we will, you know, sometimes people will use intersex and there can be a number of reasons why people are intersex. Um, it may be due to chromosome composition, hormonal concentrations, or external and internal characteristics. Some visibly intersex people um, have been mutilated in infancy and early childhood by doctors to make their sex fit their assigned gender at birth. Um, so we have a different reasons of why we have intersex individuals. Again, hermaphrodite would have been an older term used, but it is outdated. Um, so that is the term uh, for intersex. Um, and it's relatively common, although society's denial of their existence um, has allowed very little room um, for people to discuss this publicly, which is why people get confused about what intersex means. So again, also look up these terms for yourself. Uh, the last term that I want to talk about is asexual, um, because a lot of people will think if somebody's asexual, they're celibate. They're not the same thing. Asexual does not necessarily mean celibacy. Celibacy means I choose to not have sex. Asexual means something totally different. Asexual people could be very sexual people. They could be sexually attracted to men, women, both, or not sexually attracted, but have romantic feelings or have a spiritual connection to the person and not have any interest in sex. But it doesn't necessarily have to do with any involvement in sex. Celibacy is saying, I choose not to have sex. Asexuality is not saying that. So again, asexual is a broad spectrum of sexual orientations generally characterized by feeling varying degrees of sexual attraction or desire for a partnered sexuality. Um, a person who does not experience sexual attraction can experience other forms of attraction such as romantic attraction, physical attraction, and emotional attraction, as these are separate aspects of their identity, okay? Um, they may or may not correlate with each other. For instance, some people may physically and romantically be attracted to women. Um, however, others might physically be attracted to all genders and only emotionally attracted to men. So there's a lot of variations here. Um, and things that may be a little bit difficult to understand, but if we learn more, if we seek more education, if we educate ourselves more, we can begin to understand that. And ignorance here is not bliss. We need to be educated. So, of course, you know, I always love statistics. So, here we go. Um, I did look up some Pew Research Center statistics. Um, they did a survey of 12,147 U.S. adults in the summer of 2022. And what they found is 7% of Americans identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual. More Americans identify as bisexual other than lesbian and gay. Um, bisexual adults are less likely than gay or lesbian adults to be out to important people in their life. And I want to stress important people in their life. Okay, we're going to talk about that later. Luckily, six of U.S. adults are transgender or non-binary. Non-binary meaning that their gender differs from what the sex they were assigned at birth. All right. Um, while a relatively small share of U.S. adults are transgender or non-binary, 
Many Americans say they know someone who is. So if it's not us, good chances we know somebody who is transgendered or non-binary. Some of the challenges that they face in the LGBTQIA community is mental health and suicide. They are at a high risk for a number of reasons. And here's some statistics and reasons why. 45% of the LGBTQ youth, now this is speaking to our youth, has seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year. Nearly one in five transgendered and non-binary youth attempted suicide. And this point to LGBTQ youth of color, of color, recorded higher rate than their white peers. And here's where we talk about the discrepancies, the disparities in health. It tends to always be higher for those of us of color. So we really need to be paying attention. Um, LGBTQ youth who felt support from their families reported um, attempting suicide at less rates. So family support is very important. Unfortunately, they, we don't always have family support. Unfortunately, sometimes some of the stressors of wanting to be ourselves, of wanting to be who we are, comes from our family, that stressor of you can't do that, or being told you're going to go to hell, or being told it's a sin. Sometimes that comes from within our own home. And if you can imagine being told in your house that you can't be who you are and how stressful that must be, these types of stressors lead to higher rates of suicide attempts or people considering suicide. Fewer than one in three transgendered and non-binary youth found home to be gender affirming. So that's the good part, but that's one in three. So two people don't feel safe at home. But out of three, one person does, and we will take that. But our goal is to expand that to knowledge, education, advocacy, where people can have a home that they go to where we can educate families on how to be supportive. And we will talk more about that a little bit later in the podcast. 60% of youth who wanted mental health care in the past year were not able to get it. They were either ashamed, they felt they couldn't say anything, they felt that uh, the care wasn't going to work, or they felt they were gonna be outed, that their secret wasn't gonna be kept. These are the things we cannot afford to have happen, not only to our youth, but to anybody in this population or any other population. This is the particular stigma that this community carries. Feeling unheard, unseen, and being outed without their permission. Or feeling judged. These are not things that need to happen. We want to reduce suicide. We want to increase mental health care. We want to decrease anxiety and depression. We want people to have a quality of life. And above all else, we want people to be who they are. We want them to be able to live their lives in safety. 
An important finding of this Pew Research was 45% considered suicide in the last year, 53% um, were transgendered and non-binary, 14% of LGBTQ youth attempted suicide, and nearly one in five transgendered and non-binary youth, and nearly one in 10 cisgendered youth. So it's definitely higher for the LGBTQ, followed by transgendered, and then followed by cisgendered. And cisgendered are people who identify with the sex they were born with. The problem with all of that is we shouldn't have a hierarchy of who's committing suicide, who's considering it. We want to wipe all of that away. It's a problem to even have that. But it's also a problem that the LGBTQ are hired. And what are we going to do about that? 73% of this population reported experiencing symptoms of anxiety, including three quarters of the transgendered and, bi and non-binary. Um, we know the symptoms of anxiety, um, not being able to sleep, anxious energy, lack of um, appetite, you know, not taking care of ourselves, panic attacks, sweaty palms, racing heart, racing dog. We know the depression, loss of interest and pleasure, not wanting to do anything, not sleeping enough, sleeping too much, problems staying asleep. You know, all of those things. Looking for this in our children, increased irritability, flipping grades, um, not being excited, not having that spark of life in themselves. You know, looking for those things that are not typical for our children. Okay, how do they get here? How do we get to these places where they're considering attempting suicide? How do we get to these places where they want to seek help but find that they can't get it? What takes them to that ledge? What takes them to that peak? Not being understood, not being heard, particularly in their home. Fear that the care that they seek will not work that they can't fully be themselves because you can go to a therapist and we want you to. Life is better with you here. Life is better with you here. We want to give you therapists. We have therapists that you can see. You will do that. Talk about what you need to talk about. Or get it off your chest. But then what happens is they still have to go back into those communities, into those homes. People still treat them bad, where they're still being physically harmed, physically assaulted, mentally and emotionally abused. That's what takes them there. So we have to do this in like a folding method. We have to treat everybody and put everybody in the fold of treat. Yes, we want to treat them. We want to treat the population that needs to be treated whatever that population is. But we also want to fold in the community. We want to fold in this village that we have. The village exists for everyone. And there's the LBGTQIA village. We want to fold them in. We want to make everyone feel like they are included. We want to educate family members who don't understand. We want to educate community members who don't understand. 
We want to find affirming churches, affirming doctors, affirming organizations. And if we don't have them, let's start creating them. Let's start creating them. We have power in our voices. People don't have to be alone. They don't have to do these things alone. It's okay. When we talk about physical harm, some of the challenges they face, 36% of LGBTQ youths reported they have been physically threatened or harmed due to either their sexual orientation or gender identity. 36%. Some of us know what that's like, whether it's our sexual orientation. Some of us know what it's like because we are black, Latino, Asian. We know. 73% of the LGBTQ youth reported that they were being discriminated against based on their sexual orientation and gender identity at least once in their lifetime. Most of us know what discrimination feels like. They're being discriminated based on their sex or their gender or their gender choice or gender fluidity. Conversion therapy. Now, if you don't know what conversion therapy is, it is a type of therapy that was developed to convert people from being gay, lesbian, transgendered, to straight. This therapy considers being gay, lesbian, transgendered, a mental illness, um, which we now know that it is not. Um, and for those of you who didn't know, at one point in time, this was in the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual for Mental Health, the DSM. It has since been taken out, but at one point in time, being gay, homosexual was considered a mental illness. It sounds ridiculous now because it is ridiculous. Um, but conversion therapy, again, my opinion, um, it should not exist. Um, but 17% of LGBTQ youth reported being threatened were subjected to conversion therapy. And this type of therapy leads to them wanting to commit suicide or harm themselves because it's telling them that who they are is not right. Imagine somebody walking up to you and saying, because you have black skin or because you have blue eyes or because you have an Afro or because you have curly hair or because you have brunette hair or because you have freckles, you don't belong here. So let me change all of that and make you into this thing that society says, and then you'll be okay, and then you'll be accepted. Is that a world that you would want to live in? I would have gather a lot of us would not. And so some of us know what this feels like, and some of us don't. And even if you can't fathom what this feels like, there are things that we can do to be educated so that others do not have to feel this way. So, you know, we always have a section that's called where there is hope, there is help. So we can be allies. If we are not part of the community, if we are not an LGBTQIA person, we are friends. We are allies. And an ally is different from a bystander. 
a bystander literally does just stand by and allows things to happen and doesn't really speak up and is sorry that those things happen, but they don't do anything. An ally or an upstander stands up. They speak up. They do things. They're action. They're action-oriented. And so I got this from another website um, from UC Davis, um, and it's LGBTQIA, and we will also post that link because they have wonderful resources. Um, But they give seven things that we can do to be allies. And number one is believe that issues related to oppression are everyone's concern, not just the concern of those who are the targets of oppression. If one is hurt, all of us are hurt. All for one and one for all, three musketeers, okay? Understand that people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, or asexual are experts on their own experience and that you have much to learn from them. I can't tell anybody else's story and only tell my own. They can only tell their own. We can't say to them, oh, I understand how you feel. We don't. We've never walked in their shoes. We can listen and we can learn. Take responsibility for your own education on issues related to gender identity and sexual orientation. Don't make them responsible for teaching you. Learn for yourself. Do ask questions, but seek and know for yourself. Take the initiative to become as knowledgeable as you can on issues of concern to the people who are LGBTQIA. Right? Number four, making mistakes is part of the learning process of practicing allyship. That should be number one, but they made it number four. I think that should be number one. We're going to make mistakes. We don't know everything, but if you learn from them, not a mistake, it's a lesson. Don't be afraid. Acknowledge and apologize for your mistakes. Learn from them, but don't retreat, i.e. don't give up. Keep going. You're always learning. That's the purpose in life is to learn and keep going. You've got this. You can do this. Just like we want people to learn about us, we can learn about other people. That's how we understand each other. Number five, avoid trying to convince people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning and intersex that you are on their side. We don't need to convince them. All we need to do is just be there. You ever know somebody who's like, I don't know what to do. I want to tell them that we don't do anything. Just be there. Sometimes we don't need people to fix anything. Sometimes I just want you to listen. Just be there for them. Number six, remember that ally is a verb. Actions are more powerful than words. I learned this from my grandmother early on in life. We believe what a person does, not just what they say. Action. And finally, number seven. Create opportunities for allies to join together in coalition to reduce oppression of LGBTQIA people. 
let's get together. If we have an organization that does it, let's join. If we don't, maybe we talk about creating it. We start small and then we grow. You're powerful. More people together, more powerful. Speak up, join a group, learn more. It can be small things. They don't have to be these grand things. But be a part of the solution and stop the problem if you see a problem. What would you want somebody to do if you were being attacked? Would you want them to stand by with their phone watching you? Or do you want them to jump in? Do you want them to help you? Do you want them to stop it? Do you want them to understand? Do you want them to learn? Do you want them to educate themselves? What do you want? And then let's give that to the people around us who need it. We need affirming schools, affirming homes, affirming communities. We need advocacy and representation. We need to recognize Pride Month, which is every year from June 1st to June 30th, which honors the 1969 uprising in Manhattan. It was the Stonewall um, uprising. Look it up. See what you can learn about the Stonewall uprising in 1969. You'll be surprised. This is not a new thing. Indeed, it is very old. You need to change. You need to learn. Um, other things, and, and I wanted to share this with you too, because we always look to how we can help. We help by asking. So one of the questions they asked in a survey was what makes the LGBTQIA community feel empowered? And this is some of the answers that they got. Moving to a new place that makes them feel like home. Wearing my first binder. And if you don't know what a binder is, um, for women who don't want their breasts to show or protrude, there is a binder, a wrap that they can wear that kind of flattens them. So having that new binder and being able to go out and present the way they want to present in the world makes them feel good. Going to a drag show, changing my name to something that fits me. Think about that. There's power in words and there is definitely power in names. Who you want to be called and how you want to be called is very powerful. So being able to be called by the name you want is power. Seeing LGBTQ people of color in the media. Seeing somebody who looks like me, is like me and knows somewhat of my experience in the media, lets me know I'm not alone. Okay? Um, just knowing that there's people out there like me. Being able to see yourself. Being able to know that you exist on different realms, that you're not alone in this world. Expand your knowledge about this population. And if you're someone who's struggling, we're gonna put links in that you can go and help yourself. See what you need. And remember that Life is Always Better has links to therapists for LGBTQIA affirming therapist communities and organizations. And we'll post links to other organizations as well. My challenge for you is find ways to be an ally, create safe spaces, and be an advocate. And I have two affirmations. I had to put two in here. 
So my affirmation for the LGBTQIA community is, I am compassionate to myself and those around me. And for my allies, my affirmation is, compassion is my compass. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. For more information about us, visit our website, lifeisbetterwithyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for episode topics, please leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.